Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie! hi there what's up today well i am thoroughly excited because I'm doing a little camping this week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Woohoo! That's how you know summer has really come to the Northwest. Welcome to episode 380 of the Groom Pod, recorded on July 23rd, 2023 in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by you guys and our kind sponsors best shot show season evolution cheers groomore and stasco so if you guys want to support us and we do have a little bit of a campaign going right now to help barbara out you can do so at our website thegroompod.com and click on the donation button and all that money goes to barbara or you can become a patreon subscriber at patreon.com just Google the Groom Pod, and that'll help support the podcast as well as Barbara because she gets part of that too. So this week on the Groom Pod, we're talking about when you should quit your job, what kind of environment might make you do so. And I'm really excited about this. We're going to learn the difference between Melaleuca, tea tree, and eucalyptus and all of the myths surrounding that little trifecta. So this week, What's new is brought to you by Groomore Software, who is constantly doing new updates and renovations to the software. They released another one this week. They released the routing one. Cool stuff. Anyway, here they are. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. So you know what one of my favorite elements of the Groomore is? Is my ability to send a pickup message when a dog is done, you know, and my customers love that feature. So I can just do it. I just have my phone near my table and I just touch on their appointment and it pulls up their number and I then just hit send pickup notice and boom, it's gone, you know, and it's so easy that uh, it's just uh, it's just a real relief be able, being able to do that so quickly and effortlessly. And I love that as well. Although I generally send my own message, but I am about to take advantage of the pickup message because that's a cool deal. I love it. So how's your week been with your new reality? Well, my new reality of being a wimpy old lady is... Uh, 
causing me some depression. I am laughing at it, but that that's the truth. Is that really I you know, I I don't know. I'm having a hard time distinguishing between my mental health and my physical health. And I'm fortunately going to see my cardiologist this day after tomorrow. And and I I'm hoping she'll be able to help me sort through it because sometimes I just feel like I I can't get up. And it's so hot here, the heat, when you when you have a heart that's not functioning very well, apparently the heat is really harder on you because when I get into my car and I turn it on and it it gives me this like three minutes of hot air blowing through the car, I just can't stand it. I just feel like I'm going to die. And sometimes I have a fuck it moment. Yeah, we don't want those. I just fuck it. I turn the car off. I go back in and lie down. You know, like that's that is so not me, but that's the new me. And I'm uh, hoping that it's the temporary me and we'll get this kind of all sorted out. Plus, one of my medications is giving me the nastiest cotton mouth that you could imagine. Oh, I'm just like chomping down the mints like a crazy lady. I remember the days of horrible cotton mouth. That is miserable. Ugh. So some of your house cleaning is happening, though, right? Yeah, we got some big chunks called out. I have to assemble the list for the thank you to everybody who's been donating because it is substantial. So I'm going to do that. I'm not doing it this week, but I'll get that list assembled and we'll read everybody's name. And we also got a new Patreon person. Really nice. Uh, I will mention that because that's right at the top of my, well, I thought it was right at the top of my list. Hang on. A new Patreon person, Angela. Thank you very much. She's at the $10 level. That's really cool. We very much appreciate it. And everybody else who's donating through the donation button, it's having an effect on Barbara's life. We're helping her out. It's making me feel good. It's helping me immensely because I just can't produce the way that I need to, to keep afloat. And it's just helping me be able to, uh, well, I don't have peanut butter jelly three times a day you know (laughs) yes even though I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I don't like them three times a day or every single day or whatever and that's my backup plan that's what I do whenever I don't have enough money to buy good food peanut butter and jelly time I once lived in San Francisco all summer long on peanut butter and jelly that I shoplifted (laughs) So anyway, we are working on getting Barbara all situated, but most importantly, the website is ready for you to earn some income, not by grooming, but by that magical resource that is your brain. So Barbara's working on her book, and then we're going to come out with a curly coat webinar that will be produced through the Groom Pod. It'll be our first actual independent production, and that way Barbara gets all the money and we're... you fully exploiting her beautiful brain. So that's the, <laughs> that is what I'm well, planning. I think, 
I just keep my fingers crossed that my brain doesn't go sideways on me. Oh, yeah. You know, having the groom pod every week is helping me uh, stay sharp. Yes. And you give back to the industry tremendously by sharing all the information that you're at home able to look up and learn and I wish I could do more of that, but I'm the puppet master. I just manage the marionettes. (laughs) All right. So this week, actually it was last week now because we, hey, oh, by the way, occasionally Barbara may need a day off. And if that's the case, by golly, we're going to give it to her. And I might do remixes. I might have guest hosts in, but we're going to keep Barbara's health at the top of the priority list here on the podcast, although we are not going to let her out of her obligation because then she'll just fall in that dark hole, go back to bed and we won't see her. So that won't be happening either, but we will be mindful of how things are going at home for her. Anyway, my high school class has a very active Facebook group. And through it, I've connected to a lot of people who are like in my homeroom during high school. And there's this dude who posts every day and he was always a really nice guy and I always like his post or try to say something funny back to him and his mother noticed and so I don't know about four or five years ago she asked to be my friend and I friended her and I know she watches what's going on she likes my stuff well two years ago she got a Yorkie she finally reached out and asked me if I would give her a recommendation for someone to groom her dog. And this is the perfect candidate for me. It's in my old neighborhood. I'm there all the time. It's a Yorkie, so I can handle the groom pretty easily with my scissoring skills or lack thereof. And so I made an appointment with her. And when I got there, she's this cute, wacky lady with a new husband, I don't know how new, who had a pocket protector with pens in it. And I came in the door and I pointed it at him and I said, you're an engineer. And he goes, how did you know? And I love it. How classic engineer. What a classic engineer response. She looks at him and says, your pocket protector, honey. was <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so in talking to them and meeting their little dog who instantly liked me, it had never been professionally groomed in all the time. She had never had a dog professionally groomed. So this was all new to them. And the dog had a rubber band in the top knot that had probably been there for, I don't know, a year. (laughs) I mean, it, it was embedded and it was this tangled little mess up there. And you could tell that she had struggled to try to keep the coat untangled. But in all the classic tangly spots, like under the arms and where the collar goes and kind of behind the butt, there was a fair amount of matting in there. And I didn't want to shave her dog down. I didn't want to. I wanted to detangle this dog. And they wanted to watch. They have never seen a professional grooming. And of course, I'm in a 6x10 trailer. It's pretty small. It's like grooming in someone's condominium bathroom. So they dragged their camping chairs down to the sidewalk because I was parked on the street. And they set up camp. And I opened the door and I put on a grooming performance for them (laughs) with their tangled dog. (laughs) And I was able to, over the sound of the generator and my vocal cord nodule voice, was able to have somewhat of a conversation while I performed this groom (laughs) for these people. And we had the best time and they were so thankful. And I was able to detangle all those spots. Just by being really careful, using my Pinello brush, using the Max straight on, 
on the tangles and working through them and um, using a great detangling shampoo by Best Shot and lots of patience while running a stand-up routine for the old folks out in the chairs. <laughs> we had the best time, but it was just one of those really cool, unique situations that you run into as a mobile. So, I mean, here we are camped out on the street of the neighborhood launchers and and of course everyone's walking their dogs past and they're stopping and talking to us and the dog is feeling all special and pampered and it was it was great i had so much fun <laughs> this is why i do what i do it's for moments like this i got to put on a show i got to tell some jokes i got to play with a nice dog i got to perform a magic trick by getting all those tangles out and i have a new friend so it was all good Maybe even two after the pocket protector comment. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love it when you have these moments that, that just reinforces this is why I do what I do. I love those moments. And right afterwards, I pulled into a very difficult gas station where I had to back up and there was a person behind me and it was a tight corner. And I got out of the car and the guy goes, you've done that before. I love that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm convinced that my next side gig, you know, it is the gig economy. My next side gig is going to sit at the boat launch in the fishing lake and have a sign that says for $5, I'll back your trailer up. I could make a fortune just sitting there. I think I saw it on the internet or something, but I went, what a great idea. <laughs> Just sit at the boat launch and back everyone's trailers up for them. <laughs> so that was about it. That was about my week. I couldn't really come up with anything else interesting, but I did want to brag a little bit about being able to detangle this dog. The dog was never in any discomfort. I used all of my good products. I use a protected slicker, tiny dog size to pick apart the tiny mats. So I wasn't like going through the whole dog. See, I've learned the damage that a slicker can cause. And I now own a larger slicker that also has protected pins. It's a safari, but I looked at it under the microscope and it looks good. So I'm using that to tackle the bigger issues. That rings a bell. And I can't remember this teacher's name, but there's one of the Tucson groomers in my Tucson chat room is in Texas at the trade show there. And she's raving about this seminar, this instructor, this woman who has managed a kennel of 40 standard poodles in show coat, you know, and knows all there is to know about standard poodle show green. This standard poodle fancy trims are a favorite hobby of groomers in Tucson, which it seems so you know, like <laughs> I just can't, you know, I just can't go there. But anyway, this woman says to never use slicker brushes on the ears or the hawks of the standard poodle. It's affirmation. Yes. For my testimony that I swear slicker brushes break coat. Doesn't do it today. It might not do it tomorrow. But down the line, you're going to have coat breakage and damage and loss of hair and uh, so on and so forth. So there is a better way. Yeah, there is a better way. And, and there are better tools and you can get by. You don't have to like 
throw your slicker brushes away. You just use them less and less and yep. use more hair friendly tools more and more. It's like learning to sit down and groom. You just start while you're drying them or just start anywhere. I'm sitting down now. And eventually you can do almost anything sitting down that you could do standing up before. I have a shopping thing to share. Oh. Yeah, it was Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day. Yeah, I I had to ignore it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I've had a saddle seat stool in my shopping cart for like two years, but they wanted $90 for it. And I'm cheap, right? I'm like, I don't want a $90 stool. So instead I have this big half rusted pedestal that goes up and down and it weighs a ton and it's much larger than I need. And with the new table base, it doesn't go up quite as high as I would like it to. So I needed to search for a stool that went lower than the stool I had, which was about 22 inches. So I started to look around for what options I had for a shorter stool, and I just wasn't happy with them. Well, lo and behold, Prime Day comes along, and up pops a stool with a saddle on it that goes way down for like pedicures, for doing people's feet and stuff. So I think it goes much lower. Now, it doesn't go as high, but I can lower my table if it's not as high. So it was $38. Much happier with $38. So I bought it, and it came this week, and I love it. The funny part about it is, because, you know, nothing is as simple as it seems, I've had a round stool for a long time. Well, you can sit down on a round stool anyway, and it, it was pedestal, so it didn't have right. wheels. Right, you got to put the hump in the appropriate place. Yes. When you, <laughs> <laughs> you have to mount it. You do. You can't just slide your ass onto it. And if you try to slide your ass onto it and it's in the wrong spot, the wheels will then roll it away from you. Right. <laughs> So I've had to learn a whole new way of sitting, but it made all the difference in the world. Now that I can lower myself to the right spot on the table to do that Yorkie with the tangles, I was really comfortable dematting it without any stress on my shoulders, also on my neck. I did notice there was a little imperfection in the leather on the seat or the vinyl. It's probably vinyl. But I'm just going to repair that with some like super glue and glue it together. And it's just a really nice, cheap, lightweight stool for the cheapest price I could have possibly ever gotten it for. So keep an eye out for those kind of deals. Yeah, it was just random. If you look at things on Amazon, they will eventually show you one of what you were looking at that you will buy because it'll be the right price or the right quality or the right shape or the right color. They'll come back and wave your item at you, you know, like, oh, remember that you liked this? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So you guys might have seen on our Facebook page the post from my friend Lynn who got bit by a dog very badly and now has a horrible bone infection and has gone through four surgeries and is out of work for an indefinite period of time. When I went over there while we were in South Carolina and I worked with her at her shop, I saw the way that she was handling the dogs and the freedom they had on her gigantic table. And I mentioned to her that I always use three points of connection. Now, in dealing with difficult dogs, there are some dogs that don't do well with this much restraint. So it's an individual thing. But for the most part, my go-to default method is... On my table, I have a Hand V Lips, 
system, which is an over-the-top grooming support system that actually can handle 165 pounds of weight suspended in a hammock if need be. I'm not doing that many big dogs that are 165, but if I needed to hang my husband up there, I could probably do it. (laughs) It is a stainless steel support system that goes on top of your table. It doesn't clamp on your table. It actually mounts through pipe fittings that screw in to the support system and hold it firmly on your table. So your table is going to fall over before that arm is going to break. It's not going to break. And it has eye bolts going all over it. I'm so funny because I can't talk without my hands. So I'm painting this picture that no one can see, (laughs) but Barbara can see it. So it's got eye bolts all over it. It has stainless steel links chain. So it makes it adjustable in any way. And in my case, I always use three points of connection. So those three points would be the top of the grooming loop to the top of the grooming arm, usually with a panic snap adjuster and a slip adjuster also that I think I got at Groomer's Helper. The loops, the grooming loops that I use are from Groomer's Helper also, and they have a fixed ring at a certain position underneath the dog's neck. Because if it's a loose ring, the dog can just swing its head any old which way. Exactly. And so Groomer's Helper is the one that has a fixed ring down here. And then it also has a clamp. You can choose how tight to go down so the dog can't necessarily back out. But once again, most dogs you don't need to do that tight on. But if you do have a dog that tends to pull out, you can snug it down a little bit tighter. So I personally have the top loop connected to the top, then the fixed ring through a set of linked chains to the front of the grooming post or to a groomer's helper, either one. And then I also have the hip strap on. I just have these three points of safety so that it prevents the dogs from stepping off my table, which is split in half. So I have half a table, not a whole table, 90% of the time. So the dogs can't move away from me. And I have the front of the loop attached to the grooming post. And then I may even have the hip strap underneath. So that's a little overkill, not necessary. But on some dogs, it adds a sense of security, especially knee dogs or special needs dogs that can't see as well. But I'm not at risk of having the dog step off the table. But most importantly, as dogs age, they get aches and pains that you don't know are happening. And that can happen from month to month as a dog ages. It happens pretty fast to some of them. Also, they can tweak a knee or you can surprise them by accidentally quicking something or catching a tangle or catching a flap of skin or something like that with a brush and they can react. And in this case, this dog is a dog that Lynn had been grooming for two years without any problem. And all of a sudden it reacted and it got her in the hand and boom, she's out of work. If she'd have had the front of the dog's loop connected to the post, the dog could still react, but it could only go so far. And it protects you from an accidental triggering of a bite, even on the best dogs. So... You don't have to use all the parts every time. I just feel safer using a hip strap and the connector up front in addition to the loop. And I've been grooming since 1998 and I have never been bit. And I groom special needs and 
dogs that have a difficult time with the process. So I think that's a statement right there that I've gone that long. And you guys were wondering what I meant by that. That's what I mean by that. We put the link to Hanby's Lip System up on the website. The loops come from Groomer's Helper as does the uh, panic snap for the top of the loop, which gets you out of all kinds of situations. I have one problem with the loops from Groomer's Helper, and that's that the clasp frays, tends to fray the strap. And um, so I have they not don't... had that problem. Uh, but what I do have is a definite problem of clipping them with my clippers. Yeah. <laughs> I do well, that. What I, I'm liking <laughs> nowadays, Handy is making a strap, a, a, a loop that is made out of the biothane material. That's the latest thing. That The biothane material for um, nooses and straps and leashes and in the, and the tub and this and that. That's the new material because it's tough. It can't be chewed. It's antibacterial. You can clean it off, can wash it. You can wipe it down and it snaps very securely. In fact, the one that I have, it has the pinch snap and then it has a little thing that goes over that that keeps it from opening. So it keeps it closed right where you put it. There's no way the dog can put pressure on it and fray. I think that's what happens is that they struggle within the uh, the neck loop and it actually ends up fraying where the clip is on the groomer's helper nylon loop. So that's just my addition. I just say to keep your eyes open for the biothane, but don't get one that has a loose ring Yeah, because that's worthless. That's right. It's not going to do what you need to do. And hopefully Hamby's going to be coming out with these fixed ring grooming loops out of that material. And a belly strap for tiny dogs. Well, let's move on to our first appointment. But first, we are going to take a break. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Well, last episode, we talked about firing an employee. And this time, we're going to play a switcheroo, and we're going to talk about when you maybe should quit your job and what makes up a toxic work environment in the grooming shop. I think we should just kind of go over some of the things that are like red flags, some, some things that you could notice, especially when you're working in somewhere. I think one of the biggest red flags for me is turnover. 
if you have a lot of turnover, if you're seeing a lot of turnover in the people you're working with, there's probably something going on that's keeping people pretty unhappy at work. And I think that if you're seeing that, like, I, especially when I choose a veterinarian, if the staff has been there for a really long time, I feel pretty good about going in there. If you constantly see a different person at the front desk all the time, I might search for another vet. Yeah, or you wouldn't want to work there for sure. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't want to. You know, some vets can be difficult to work with uh, in terms of having the grooming the veterinary clinic groomer situation is unique and uh, because sometimes you're treated as a valuable asset and other times you're just treated like doo-doo on their boot. <laughs> it's true. Turnover is a red flag. Um, turnover of staff. What's another one, Susie? Well, how about not open to ideas and suggestions? like stagnant in their approach to their business or their grooming or their management. I think that's a frustrating one, you know, unwilling to listen. Been there, done that. I was the one. Yeah, you were the one. The first person that suggested to me that I should bathe the dog before the grooming, I almost fired him. Oh, geez. <laughs> I know, no kidding. I learned from the best. And I learned that you do all of the clipper work and the brush out before the bath. And then you give the dog back to the groomer to do the finish work. That they did all of the prep work first. And I was just like set in stone on that. And it was only when I was working alone and got myself in a knot of a time thing. And I had a shampoo that suggested on the shampoo, it was called fluff out or something like that. This shampoo was a great shampoo back in the day. And it suggested that you bathe the dog first. And I thought, I'm going to try it. And I tried it. And from there on, it just started to roll. Well, I'm going to bathe this one first. But I mean... I just got so firm with that guy. No, this is the way that we do it here. I don't care what you did back East. My way is the right way. And now I just laugh at myself. Sometimes when someone owns a shop and they say my way is the right way and they're telling you to bathe the dog first, sometimes they're actually right. But it's the ones where they're not progressing with the industry, especially don't pay attention to new stuff. Yeah, not being able to listen to new information and, and take it in is really a barrier to happy employment. And especially if the groomers go to trade shows and learn new stuff and learn about new products and the owner doesn't go. When the owner goes, and pays for the groomers to go or or helps the groomers go. Then it becomes a company adventure and we compare what we learned and we're more likely to take it in. But if the owner stays behind, set in his or her ways, the owner doesn't want to hear about it when you come back. 
Yeah, they just say my way or the highway. And they spent all that money to send you there to get the new ideas and education. The other thing is equipment. Some people provide equipment. They're all happy to provide equipment. But the stuff they provide, they don't maintain. It's old. It's hard to work with. And you end up buying stuff yourself, which is part of grooming anyway, as you always kind of upgrade your own tools. But if you're starting out and you don't have the ability to get your own tools and you go into a shop and their dryer is caked with hair on the filter, maybe not a great place to work. <laughs> but that's just me, you know, from the maintenance standpoint. You're a high maintenance person. I'm a low maintenance person who enjoys doing maintenance on my equipment. We got to straighten that out, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, straighten that out. You yourself are high maintenance. But you like doing more maintenance than I like doing. Right. So I'll tell you, I get pissed off at work if Dave borrows my tools and doesn't clean them, never pulls the hair out of the figura, never oils blades. Ugh. Yeah. I get pissed off. And I, you know, I taught him to groom, but apparently I didn't teach people good maintenance. Hmm. I have had been told that. <laughs> you never taught me. What about having toxic people in the place? Like cultivating toxic environment. Yeah, that's rough. You know, if you're in there and you don't, like we were saying last week, people who don't fit into your culture, what if you're the one who doesn't fit into the culture of the shop? Don't wait it out too long. The beauty of being a dog groomer is we have a lot of ways to work. You could work at a vet hospital. You could work for corporate. You could be mobile. You could do house call. You could work in a small shop. You could work in a big shop. There's so much opportunity. You could work. You just start your own shop. That You don't have to really stay somewhere where you don't fit in because that can be uncomfortable, especially if there's some, let's call it inner office or inner shop chatter going on, some inside jokes that you're not privy to, maybe generally feeling like an outsider there. That's not comfortable. So that might be a reason to bail. You know what else? When you go into a shop and you get there and everybody's walking on eggshells, you may not even know why, but there's just tension in the air. People are thoughtful about what they say. They're like, oh, don't use that dryer. That's the owner's dryer. We don't ever use that dryer. Well, there's a red flag. If everybody's so afraid of that person, Maybe not a great place to work. Maybe time to cut and run. Also, a big no-go for me, once again, handling of pets. There can be a culture of money per invoice, amount of dogs pushed through, not necessarily focused on styling or, in my case, comfort of the dog. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, which I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable with that, don't stick around. I agree. And that can be kind of a contagious thing. If the shop is high volume, there's a good chance that you're going to give less attention to individual dogs and less attention to finished work than when there's a lower volume. And that's where price makes the difference because 60% of nothing is nothing. You know what I'm saying? So don't just think about, oh, they're offering me, you know, 55, 65%. No, if their prices aren't high enough, 
you know, they're going to be forcing you to do eight to 12 dogs a day and your own bathing. That's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for accidents to happen. It's a recipe for pet abuse to happen. Even though you might not think you're being abusive, sometimes if you're being just unconscious of the dog's needs or what he or she is trying to cope with. Their experience. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that you're smacking dogs around if you're just being super rough. Yeah. I know from my own experience that I can't tolerate misbehavior as well as I used to be able to tolerate it. And it's because misbehavior hurts my hands. It hurts my hands and it makes it hard for me to do a good job. Well, you got to stop hitting your groomers, Barbara. You're not supposed to beat them up when they misbehave. <laughs> Wait, oh, hang on. <laughs> and I catch myself not even using my on my table supports that I have available. And I can hear it in the other room. I hear the bather struggling with a dog that doesn't want the blow dryer. And instead of hooking it up front and rear and cutting the dryer level down a notch and talking to them while you do it, they're just like, no, not that, no, bad, why are you be so mean to me? Cry, cry, cry. Bad dog, bad dog. Ugh, let's not go there. So, you know, like if you hear or if you're hearing a lot of discontent from groomers as they groom, you don't want to work there. Definitely not. And here's another aspect of working somewhere. And that is the boss, the actual boss person. Maybe they're bad at bookkeeping. Maybe they're immoral. Maybe they don't give you all the tips. Maybe they don't count your hours or maybe they cheat you on your commission. This stuff does happen. Also, sometimes people you work for have enormous baggage that they're carrying around. All kinds of baggage. Sometimes it's family baggage. Sometimes it's past addictions. There could be just a plethora of stuff that you don't know what the background is but they bring to work every day and they talk about their issues and their lives and they really aren't focused on what's going on at work. That can be a difficult situation, especially if they are screwing you over on your paychecks or if they have favoritism in scheduling. That's a bad one. Favoritism in scheduling the dogs. If you're working on commission can be really tricky. Have you ever had that? No, because I haven't worked in that many places. Me either. I know it happens, though. But here's another thought. Should everybody open their own shop? No. I like being a peon. Except for it turns out that I like working with myself better than being a peon. But being a peon was one of my favorite things. I worked in a high-level stress environment as an executive for an import corporation for seven and a half years. And when I finally parted ways with them, I realized I'd rather deliver pizza. It's more fun. I don't want to have to be in that high level stress. I can live with less and just deliver pizza and be happy as could possibly be driving around. Turns out mobile grooming, even better, even better for me. I think that there are some people that are better off being an employee 
rather than being self-employed. Just in terms of self-management issues, it's harder than you think to keep track of everything and having to be the bookkeeper too. And the buck always stops here. Yeah. And then having to manage employees. Some people aren't cut out for that. And they just fall into it without any intention, without proper training. Who gets training in management? Not many. Not many. Sometimes if you work for corporate, you might attend a session. But um, most of all, it's people who are fed up with this employer, that employer. And so they say, I just want to do it myself. And then they realize that it's this terrific ball and chain around you. So think it through real well before you make a choice to be the only one. It's not for everyone. My horseshoer said the reason people fail is they just don't go to work. If you have attendance problems, don't work for yourself because (laughs) it doesn't work very well. You have to show up to your appointments. You have to be professional. There's things that are required. And some people are just better with rules and guidance and parameters and people to answer to. And other people, they can kind of do their own thing. I'm definitely a do-your-own-thing kind of girl. That's why I like delivering pizzas, because nobody's watching it. (laughs) So I think that micromanaging as a boss, too, can be a real problem. And not allowing for stylistic differences. That's something that I've had to come to grips with. If I'm going to have somebody groom the whole dog, rather than just bathe and comb it out for me. I have to be willing to accept their idea of what's cute for that dog, even though it might not be how I would have done it. Your own ego gets in your way. Oh, yeah. Just does. (laughs) I mean, that's just the job of your ego is to protect itself. It's seriously engaged in that at all times. So you just got to be able to see if you're going to be a really good employer, you have to be able to catch yourself in your shit and own it. Okay, I'm taking this too personally rather than just going into the drama of being the victim. You know, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And sometimes you have to be able to be the one that lets go of the rope, you know, like, okay, you can have this one. It's not worth, pick your battles. Pick your battles, definitely. Chris Bear Anthony, visiting the groom pod again. Okay, so you know I love my Evolution Swivel Shears. And you even know that these customizable shears come in non-swivel as well. But did you know that they're the only ones I've been trusting my sharpening with for around 15 years? And that that's how we met? What? You haven't tried their sharpening yet? If so, send in your next batch of sharpening and you'll get one shear sharpened for free with a $75 order just for telling them where you heard about them. Your shears and blades will thank you. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair 
while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypoconditioner is a great option as well. And it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. I have always wondered what the difference between Melaleuca, tea tree oil, and eucalyptus are because they kind of seem like they're the same thing but am i wrong is are they different things are they from the same plant are they neighbors you're half right okay so the truth is that tea tree oil the botanical name is melaleuca okay okay so that's just the botanical so melaleuca and tea tree oil are the same things, although there are some varieties of tea tree. Tea trees are these little bushes that grow all over the place. But tea tree and eucalyptus are quite different in their chemical composition. Uh, Tea tree, I'm just not going to get into it because I think it will bore people to death. But... (laughs) One of the important matters is that tea tree is one of the most adulterated essential oils on the global market. Adulterated meaning people have added stuff to it? So listen here, it's worse than that. There were studies in 2021 that suggested that as much as 80% of the essential oils on the global market were adulterated in some way. Wow. Maybe even fake? Not totally 100% fake, but there are several ways. First of all, let's get to the bottom of the problem is that the demand for essential oils has exploded. Yes, it's everywhere. I walked into a house yesterday that made my eyes water. They had so many essential oils going in there. Because they're, quote, natural, they just fit right in with that natural wave that has become a tidal wave upon us as the demand expanded exponentially. The ability to produce the essential oils hasn't kept up with it. So... One of the things that they do that's kind of interesting is there's testing that can be done to find out if your oil has been adulterated or changed in any way. But overall, for a kind of a global thing, they can look at a country and see how much tea tree was harvested and how much tea tree oil was exported. So China is one of the producers of tea tree oil. China exported in this one study 10 times as much tea tree oil as it harvested tea tree. Oh, Patty. So that's a lot. So um and as and that's that's just one supplier and one thing. So let me talk a little bit 
Um, and this does not happen with eucalyptus because eucalyptus is what we call a high yield crop. Get a lot of essential oil for your bundle of eucalyptus leaves. So where you're most likely to have adulteration is where, where you have a lower yield crop, like really low yield is rose petals and jasmine. Uh, the low yield plants are most likely to be adulterated as are the high demand. So there's a number of ways that an essential oil can be adulterated. One is to mix in cheaper plant material. For example, peppermint is an oil that's often adulterated. Because think of all of the uses of peppermint beyond, I mean, it's everywhere, right? So the habit is that they can use corn mint which is cheaper and higher yield than peppermint and mix the two together and nobody knows. So in some of the cases, the essential oils have been adulterated for so long that the ordinary person can't tell the difference just by the fragrance because you're just used to smelling adulterated essential oil. So another way that they can adulterate is to just dilute it with vegetable oil. So that just produces a slightly less potent smell that perhaps a perfumer nose person could detect, but not ordinary people buying from Amazon. And then a third way that often happens is that they can take chemical components of essential oils, either ones that have been removed from the actual plant material or created in the lab and add more of the essential components to the oil. For example, lavender is mainly made up of linalool and linal acetate. So they just add more linalool and linal acetate to the lavender crop. But the la lavender is one is again, because of the demand and the popularity, it's one that is most often adulterated. Oh, that makes total sense because there are so many different smells of lavender, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it what would be easy to... Lavender? It would be easy to fake it or to add stuff to it because you just say it's a different variety. And oftentimes it's just mixed with hybrid. Uh, and sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes just like stray varieties get kind of scooped up because people can't, the harvesters can't tell the difference. Or, uh, you know, they, especially when it's wild crafted, and not actually planted, they can't tell the difference or just, you know, uh, shit happens. But for the most part, it's greed and bottom line that dicks, dictates these uh, adulterations. And here's something funny. Eucalyptus is often used to adulterate tea tree oil. Oh, really? How about that? So isn't that interesting? 
And that's because eucalyptus has that sharpness to the aroma. It's a sharpness that sort of cries medicated, right? Yes. Well, people like having that in their tea tree oil. But uh, so the addition of eucalyptus, cheap, cheap eucalyptus oils, is one of the ways that uh, tea tree oil is extended. So I found this interesting. Here's another interesting fact that I found. A commonality between eucalyptus and melaleuca is that they are both classified as type six poisons in Australia. I can see that because they affect my respiratory system. They make me wheeze. Tea tree oil is classed as a schedule six poison in Australia. Substances in this category are regarded as having a moderate potential for causing harm, the extent of which can be reduced through the use of distinctive packaging with strong warnings and safety directions on the label, such as keep out of reach of children and do not take internally. Tea tree oil also has been identified as being toxic to cats. And Susie's. Tea tree oil can become a sensitizer. It can really build an allergic reaction. Another person who's very sensitive to tea tree is uh, Maria Quendo. Ah. Um, I just happened to learn that little bit of personal information. So does that give us some distinction about this? It does. Yeah. So I, I would say that you're more likely to be getting the real deal eucalyptus if your product claims eucalyptus oil then it, and you're very likely to get some kind of a modified product for your tea tree oil especially if it's being used casually and remember that a product has needs only to have one one hundredth of an ingredient in order for the manufacturer to use the claims for that ingredient. Crazy. So you could have one one hundredth of a percent, one one hundredth percent of tea tree oil in your pet shampoo, and they could call it antibacterial, which is bullshit. That's just a little tiny amount. Yeah, it's... Oh, Patty! It's true. That goes for aloe vera and all of that. So what's the difference between aloe vera and eucalyptus? Well, theoretically, they're from different plants. They're from different plants, but also aloe vera is an extract. It's been squeezed out and, you know, essential oils are almost all distilled, yes. produced through distillation. And the essential oil is the basic skeletal, it's the basics of the plant. Whereas an extract is not going to be that complete uh, of the character of the plant. Because extracts are often soaked in vinegar, used maybe extracted by ethanol, maybe just extracted by 
water like tea, but essential oils are all the distilled essence of the plant. And unadulterated essential oil is actually the essence of the plant. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up, Barbara. It's been great. I've learned a lot, actually. That whole tea tree oil, eucalyptus, they kind of smell so similar, but yet kind of different. Now I know why. But interesting about melaleuca and tea tree, those two are interchangeable. Like I say, I react to all of them. It makes me wheeze. <laughs> okay. Only thing worse is a snot bubble. <laughs> oh, God. You and your snot bubble. I know. I never have a snot bubble. I just have a faucet. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is more viscous, I guess. <laughs> There's no time to blow up into a bottle. And just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, on that note, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank oh, you. snotty at the end, yeah. but here we are. Thank each and every one of you guys who have donated to Barbara to help her out. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, donors. Yes. You don't know what this means to me. I'm on the verge of total financial collapse. And, and the bills have started coming in. And I haven't even, I'm afraid to open the envelopes. Yep. Well, we're, we're trying to help you out as best we can, Miss Barbara Bird, because you help us out so much. Happy grooming, everybody. Let's meet here again next time on The Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Bye now. And remember, we love you. Take care of yourselves better than I did. <laughs> <laughs>